Let me go along with my, what my wife said. Sin brings about a lot of things that's not good for you because it separates you from God. Worry is a sin. Let me say it again. Worry is a sin. Because why? When you worry, you say, and you turn it over to God, and you start worrying about it, you're saying, God, you're not big enough. How many knows we serve an awesome God? See, see, faith takes you to the next level of understanding who God is. You trust him in every situation. Before I get into word, before we just, let's welcome the internet family. And so we want to welcome them that's on the internet, that's tuned in to us, that's across the lands, across other areas. I'm hearing some from Philippines and some other areas across the lands that are tuning in, listening to us. And I thank God for that. But other cities and other areas are they're texting us or reporting back that they're listening and also the Facebook folks that are listening. We thank you. All those that have tuned in and you here this morning at the home base here at new creation fellowship here in Warsaw, Indiana. We're glad you're here. I'm just glad you're here. Now this past week, I want to give a little testimony. God answered my prayer. Wednesday, I get out of my truck and I was going into work because I work a full-time job other than the full-time job here. So I kind of carry both loads. And so I get out of the truck and I parked and I backed into the parking space, opened the door and the winds were so strong when I opened my door and just kind of shoved it open, the wind grabbed it. Bam, hit another car next to me. It dented around the gas tank. I had never seen that car before. So I get in my truck, I drive around, go to another parking spot because I didn't want to come out and have that door hit it again. So I parked in another place where the winds be pushing. I went to open the door and so I took pictures of it. So later on that day, I stopped by the admin, which is what they call secretary, used to. And I, I asked her, I said, do you know this truck? And I showed her on my cell phone, I mean, oh, this vehicle. And it was a RAV4 Toyota, blue didn't know who was what. She goes, I've never seen that before. So I tried my best to find out who it was. But when you have hundreds of people working in your facilities, it's hard to find out who it is. So I said, Lord, says, damage was done. He says, I don't want them to have to pay for that. I says, open the door that I can tell them or find out who it is so we can get it paid for. On Friday, my boss comes out. He says, I drove my wife's vehicle in. And somebody dented my car here at work. And I go, where'd they dent it at? He goes, by the gas tank. He looked at me kind of puzzled. I reached my phone, opened it up, pulled the photo out. And I says, is this your vehicle? Yes. What are you doing with that photo? I says, stop looking. It's me. <laughs> he looked at me and he goes, that was you? Then he started feeling bad. I said, don't feel bad. It happened. I says, now we can get it taken care of. God answered my prayer. Amen. If everybody says, oh, pastor, that would be bad. No, that's good because I become a witness of the goodness of God. You know, I told the Lord, I want to do what's right by anybody, anything, any situation, because God's blessings is on those that obey. It's not just hearing the word, but it's those that obey it. And that's where we get the blessing. So I thank God for that small little blessing. And I thought, okay, how much are we going to have to pay? Call the insurance. They says, since it's a liability, you owe nothing. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> so God knows how to bring things in line. 
So I just had to give a little testimony. Uh, do the right thing and watch God will do. He'll turn it around for you and he'll make you a blessing. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Psalms chapter 16. And we're going to read one verse in that Psalm, verse 11. I don't want you to stand yet because I do want to talk just briefly. In the age we're living in, especially in America, and as I've traveled to other countries and traveled to and done conferences and, and done uh, ministering in other ways, in America, we seem to have a stress level. Something that puts a strain on life. How many has ever had that before? Oh, for those that are quiet, how many can say that I've had the stress and strain that comes with life, but situations that have happened. And sometimes you feel like you're drained. How many ever felt like that before? Amen. You feel like everything, the weight of the world, the weight is on you. How am I going to get beyond this? From this situation and that situation. And sometimes you feel like uh, this life is a drudgery. How many ever felt like that before? My hands are going up. God, I'm serving you. I'm doing everything I can. And it feels like your drain, your joy has left you. But how many knows that God wants you to have joy in this life? Uh, one, it's a part of the fruit of the spirit. The kingdom of God, the power of the kingdom of God is uh, joy and peace and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. So God, it, it looks at joy and he really wants you to know, I want you to have a joyful life. I want you to have what you really need in this life. In Psalms chapter 16, verse 11. Now, while you're standing, if you would please stand for the reading of God's word as we honor his word in this house, because we really want to give honor to who he is. Say this with me. God is good. His word is true. And it works in my life. I want you to get that in your spirit. We serve an awesome and wonderful God. He is a good God. His word he gave to us. That builds faith. That gives us the faith we need. But it's by hearing the word of God. But also we know that he supplies because when I obey it and I do what it says, God will bring forth the things that he said he would. So there's always conditions to every promise. Verse 11, just one verse says this, you shall show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forever. Amen. Can say, can you say amen? Yes. Let me say this, the path of life. They says, but in your presence is the fullness, the fullness, say the fullness, fullness. of joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Sometimes when you seem to overwhelm and you know which way to go, just turn to the Lord and say, Lord, I need the joy of the Lord in my life again. And he will bring it. You may be seated. As we get in, let me do some introductions to this message or as we look this out. Um, there's a medical terminology or psychology has come up with some terms to relate to some things that's happening in America today because 50% of Americans are on some type of um, prescription for being overwhelmed with situations and things. They're being prescribed this and sometimes you see them, they look foggy in their 
look and they can't operate properly and they don't want to be on those. Nobody really wants to have uh, uh, something that is only a temporary thing, but God wants to bring you something that's eternal. But it says this terminology is anadona. It's a Greek word, but it means this, the inability to feel pleasure. We're living in a world that has pleasure-mindedness so much. How can I get pleasures? Trust me, I see people on their phones, their iPads, they're buying games, uh, they're getting movies, they're going to movies, going this, trying to find pleasure. Trying to find something to kind of bring relief. Uh, they go to these comedy shows to get a laugh. There's nothing wrong with the having pleasure, but don't let that pleasure come before the Lord. That should be a big amen. amen. We see something going on, a relentless trying to find pleasure or happiness, but it becomes, according to what the psychologist is saying, a numbing of the senses that we come to this place with this word. It's a dulling of the mind. And that Greek word that I give you, anana, it means without. Then donia means pleasure. So if you put the two together, without pleasure. And a lot of people don't have the pleasure of life and they wonder what's going on. This comes around in three aspects. Three points I want to bring out in the beginning of this says, number one, social, the area of not being able to connect socially. How many knows in our colleges today, when I went to college, they didn't have this one area of class where they taught you how to talk with people. There are people that know how to text, they know how to email, they know how to Facebook, but they can't confront people one-on-one. They are training them how to do that. We're living in a society that socially people don't know how to connect anymore. I see it in church. In a small church we've got, people will get their phones out before they'll look up somebody else. They don't know how to connect. They want this because they're trying to satisfy something in the mind, in the heart. Uh, Another one is musical. In other words, they have no song or music to help them or moves them. They listen to all music and they may get the beat, but there's nothing there to move them into a better place. So we see musically, they can have the beat. They can tell you who sings the song. They can tell you the words of the song, but there's no music deep inside and nothing that moves them. I remember growing up in a church, there were songs of worship that all of a sudden I felt the presence of the almighty God would come in my room and I would listen. One was Andre Crouch. Somebody said, who is Andre Crouch? He's gone on to be with the Lord, but he used to sing some wonderful worship songs, some songs that really uh, dealt with the heart. Second chapter of Acts. He didn't really know there was a group like that. It's not just in the book of the Bible, but there was a group called Second Chapter of Acts. I would listen to them, and I would be alone with the Lord, driving down in my car, have my eight-track in. Yes, I was in there from an era with an eight-track. Some of you remember those. Not just cassettes. That was before cassette. That was eight-track. I put it in there, and I'd be driving down a road, and my car would be swinging because the presence of the Lord, it moved me. But we're living in a society that even music, why do you think we have so many of these shows on TV? American Idol, The Voice, 
America's got talent. Trying to find something that people can relate to and people are still not relating to that. The last point I want to bring up in this, that's a psychologist put, is sexual. There's no pleasure even in that area that God created under marriage. People are trying to find pleasures and they're not finding it. It used to be that when you're in some type of drug addiction or, or some type of psychology, the, the area of your mind, I'm not bringing it out properly, but um, uh, when you're psychotic in some ways, uh, that doesn't bring pleasure. But the, now they're finding out even normal people are having trouble relating it even in that realm that God gave us for pleasure. It's godly. Let me say that again. It's godly. There's nothing wrong with it. Sometimes we put it outside that realm, but God created in the right things in marriage that is pleasurable. But see, people can't relate to that. See, most people uh, relate to pleasure and trying to receive pleasure, the feeling of it. That's the reason why the games take you to a higher and higher and higher. They try to get you to the next level, to the next level, and to the next level. They try to get you into the place of bringing something that your mind brings out a pleasure. But how many knows that once you can't get the pleasure or you get it, you will crash. You will come down from that, what we call a high. It's like going on vacation. You think about it, you think about it, you think about it until you build up to anticipation. I'm going on vacation. We're going to this and we're going to do this. And you lay out a list and you lay out the plans to do that. And then all of a sudden when vacation's over, you come in off of it. Back to this grind that people are talking about. We're seeing this in such a way that people says they need to up the ante. Let me up the ante just a little bit so I can move into that. Joyful living has not been in their vocabulary, but the only joy that you really need and the only happiness is in the Lord. Can I hear an amen on that one? Amen. The medical establishment, they're saying this. We have a society that's overstimulated. Phone, phone, phone. iPad, computers, overstimulated to the point that they can't relate to things that are around. How many's ever shut your phone off and just leave it off? I put mine on uh, silent and vibrate. I'll get to you later. I'll look at it later. I don't need it right now. But some don't know how to shut it off so they can connect. Most, most don't even sit down at meals anymore without having the phones in their hands. One of the things we had to tell our kids when they come over, put the phone up. Let me hear an amen. Am I relating to some people? Amen. Am I hitting some areas where that uh, we're relying on these things here before we can, even in the living room? Well, I'm going to talk to my uh, one across the living room. <laughs> Waiting for them to reply. Oh, okay. Talk, get the things out, converse. When I was growing up, we would sit around where my grandma and grandpa, both places, and they would be sitting around. We didn't have phones then. See, I come from an area we didn't have those cell phones. I remember a time we didn't have those cell phones. The one thing that the doctors are saying, and one doctor said this, and this is very true. 
We have technology that has revolutionized our lives, but it is bringing our brains to ravishing effects. It's overstimulation. You can't even sit around long enough because your mind, you got to have something to stimulate it. The movie, Jurassic Park, the author and the director of that movie, something he said, they asked him this, says, why did you make the movie so spectacular with such special effects? He said this because there was a generation of people a long time ago that what they wanted was to be educated, enlightened, improved, and empowered. But we have a generation when he made that movie that want to be entertained. It has crossed into the church. It has crossed into every fabric of life. Entertain me. Let me have a little bit of entertainment. You know what entertainment does? It numbs you. It brings you out of reality into some other areas. But how many knows in the Lord, with the Lord, there comes joy. Amen. And at his right hand, there is pleasure. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. That God knows how to bring it if we'll look to him. The greatest fear of this generation is not death, but boredom. Boredom. I don't want to be bored. This younger generation, and it's crossed into other areas and generations. I've seen it time and time again. I don't want to be bored. I want something to active make my mind over and over and over. See, let me put it to you this way. When you got to take your phone to the bathroom, something's wrong. <laughs> something's wrong. If you can't sit on the shelf for a little bit while you go in the bathroom, something is wrong. I know you ladies will say, hey, come, let's go to the bathroom. But us guys, we don't do that. <laughs> we don't say, hey, come go bathroom with me. They'll say, I ain't going with you, man. <laughs> hey, no. <laughs> In Psalms 46, verse 10, it says this, be still, be still and know I am God. We need to be still every once in a while. Shut up everything and get along with God. In a society that is so stimulated, so overwhelmed with things and worry and this and stress, we need to shut all things off and get along with God. For only in God will you find the joy. Only in God will you find the peace. Only in God will you find pleasures forevermore. Amen. These things that you're trying to get pleasure are temporary. They will not satisfy. You're trying to up the ante and it's not working. It's like a drug addict. Okay, I got this gateway drug called marijuana. Now I want something that's going to take me higher. So now we got people dying off of heroin, right. opioids, and things of that nature. We need to wake up. Look in the areas where we live in. Look what's happening. Let me jump back into something going back to my growing up. We didn't have cell phones, but we had... A, a wall phone. It was on the wall. And I remember that we had party lines. When we first got married, we had what we called a party line where that others were on the same line. And so you pick the phone up. Yeah, did you see that girlfriend? How she done? You hang it up. 45 minutes later, you weren't trying to call again. Same conversation. <laughs> hey, I need to use a phone. Oh, sorry. But they got private lines. 
So technology moved ahead. So you had an individual line. You didn't have to worry about somebody else. And then we really got technology because we didn't want to stay in one room and talk. We want to go to another room. So you know what we did? We got a longer cord. Yeah. <laughs> it was spiral. You could sit in the living room and the phone be in the kitchen and you're done with that. You just let it go. It almost automatically hung itself up. Boom. <laughs> You're thinking, Pastor, you're being a little bit silly, but I'm telling you right now, what happens when you're overstimulated? What happens when you have so much, you can compromise a lot of things. A lot of people are compromising uh, their existence or relationships, uh, things around them that they really need to know. I really need to understand. And some, they, they are so filled with things that they have no room for God. That's the bottom line. They cannot relate. We have a generation that cannot relate to God anymore. Oh, I hear about him. I, I've heard of him. I may have read about him, but they can't relate to God. We have a churches that people will come in any way they are and they leave the same way. Never change because God may not be in the midst and they don't even know if he is. Just like Samson, when he woke up, he didn't realize God had left him when he got a haircut. Amen. A lot of people don't know that God's left them because they're overstimulated. They've got their mind on so many issues, so many things that they cannot get the joy of the Lord. There's a lot of people who will stay up late doing everything under the sun and forget that God wants to be with you. He loves you. He cares for you. Amen. The Psalms that we read, 16, verse 11, in his presence, say in his presence, in his presence is the fullness of joy. Not in the iPhone, not on the TV, not on the computer, but only in his presence. You need to set a time alone with the Lord. And the Bible says, at his right hand are pleasures. Note this though, only in his presence presence. You want to have a joyful life? You want to have the joy overrun you and let it come out of you? You need to be in his presence. You need to let the Lord come among you and let his presence guide you. That's what separates us from a lot of religions and denominationalism is the presence of the almighty God. I like what Moses told the Lord. If your presence does not go with me. I will not leave this place because I need you, Lord. I need you to go before me. We have a, a generation that doesn't know the Lord. They need to know that God loves them, that God wants to be with them, that God died on the cross for them. Amen. Thank you, Lord, Amen. for not careful. We come to God's house, and I'm speaking of this house, and we don't even know when God arrives <laughs> because we're so filled with so many things in our lives. God, we need to be awakened. God, we need you more. We've had a good services at points and times, but sometimes we can get overwhelmed. God does not want you to be overwhelmed. He wants to bring joy. Amen. Sometimes we can see God working in the spirit. Sometimes the word of God is very evident. And you can even sense the anointing, but it doesn't affect you anymore. It's just like doing a routine. In other words, that we live in a time when stimulation is such a prevalent thing that if we're not careful, when the move comes, even in a church, we don't recognize it. 
We're so overly stimulated with this and that and what's going on because I got to satisfy everything I have. That's why people will sit there with their phones and look at you. Okay, I've seen them in meetings. I've done enough meetings. I've gone to meetings. I've had to ask him, I says, do you have to have that phone on right now? We're talking business. See, uh, we're living in a time when the spirit of God doesn't move people hardly anymore. And sometimes it doesn't even move in churches anymore. But I thank God we have the move of God in this place. Hallelujah. I thank God. See, we no longer uh, can feel his touch anymore. Uh, a word that you get the chilly willies up down your back and all of a sudden you feel him in your hair and you feel like your hair is standing on end. <laughs> Thank God. Not too, a few years back, I'll never forget going to a women's glow. And I was ministering. And all of a sudden, I went back and was praying for people. And I didn't even have to get the next to this one. Uh, Carol was her name. She's not here because she's not feeling well. But I just went this way, and she was about three feet back from me. I didn't even touch her. And she was lifted up and laid on her back. That's the power of God. When you don't have to do nothing, just say, God, touch them. And the power of God moves. See, people don't even know the touch of God anymore. God, is this you? They don't know the move of God anymore. God, is this you? Because they're so much in tune and entwined with technology. Technology is good in one sense, but do not let it overtake the presence of the Lord. Amen. See, I refuse to pastor a church that they don't let the God move. And that's the reason why I have designated being, God, you're going to move, and God, I seek you. I want you to move. I have Pentecostal ranks. I have Pentecostal heritage, and I know what the fire is. We need the fire of God more now than ever. It's called the Holy Ghost and fire. That's what's going to change lives. That's what's going to touch hearts. That's where God's going to come in in such a dynamic way. It'll direct you to God. Oh, thank you, Father. Get us on fire, God. If ever a time we need fresh fire, it's now. Nothing else will bring pleasure. Nothing else will bring joy except God himself. And when you get on fire for God, you find the pleasure. You find the joy. When I had my boss step out of his office and talking to me, just relating, joy leapt up in me. He says, Pastor, you got to pay some bills or you may have to pay this, pay that. I knew what was deep inside. I would rather pay out of my own pocket, knowing I'm doing the right thing because it wasn't his fault. It was mine. And the Lord led me. I said, God, thank you. And, Pastor, you, you want to joy with that? Yes, because I obeyed. I listened and I want to be obedient to the things of God. Amen. Nothing else will bring joy. See, Jesus becomes the center at that point in time of your life. Nothing else matters. So many people don't understand when you get Jesus in your life and that's all you want to talk about because he is life. Amen. They let everything else sway them, compromise to them. It's time we let the compromise go away and let God be who he says he is. There's so many times I've seen it time and time again. People pursue and they pursue and they pursue after things. And when they get it, okay, that's it. Get a new car, get a raise, get a promotion. And you start landing in it, 
comes responsibility, comes this and comes that. I got to take care of the car. I got to keep it looking good because if I don't keep it looking good, it's not new anymore. After a while, the newness smell goes away and pretty soon you just, yep, it's a vehicle and that's it. Uh, the newness kind of goes away, but with the Lord, that never goes away. Uh, see, I believe what the Bible says, that only in his presence in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six, it says this, he is wonderful. He is counselor. He's a mighty God. He's the everlasting father, the prince of peace. He is that all in all that if you will look to him, but if we're not careful, careful, we'll lose the wonderful that God is about. I don't want to ever lose the wonderment of God. I don't want to ever lose that God, you're in our midst. The master, he's here today. Jesus is in the house. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you understand. Some of you understand. And sometimes that sometimes you need your feet stepped on just a little bit. Your toes kind of stepped on a little bit to kind of wake you up. Say, wait a minute. I've been doing this, but I need the Lord more than anything else. Early in the morning, I get up. I like get alone with the Lord before I go to work, do anything else. And I get my devotionals out. And there's times I'm looking, oh, where did the time go? I pray and seek the Lord before my day gets because I want him to go with me. I need to walk in him. And I want him to walk in me. But without that, if we get so busy, we can lose the master in so many ways. He can show up. We don't even know it. He can be amongst our midst and don't even know it. We need God in our house. We need God in our house. Let's get back to the nitty gritty. You say, well, that's the old path, pastor. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Getting back to what God says. I want to dwell within you. I want to be a mighty one in you. That's the reason why he gave us the Holy Spirit, that he can empower us to be a witness it's called the highway of hope. Oh, amen, brother. Amen. amen. We need to get back to some things. What God's given to us. Question I wanted to leave with you. Or I want you to uh, look into your heart. Am I still in awe of him? Am I still in awe of God? Am I still moved by his presence? Do I still get goosebumps when God comes in and I feel him? Not just when the praise team's up here, but I can sit around and I can feel his presence at home. Amen. There's times I'm down in my study area, my room, my God, and it's my little office. I call it my craving room because I go in there, I crave the Lord. And I'm sitting in my chair doing some studies and looking at the words and looking at the Bible. And all of a sudden I feel God coming in. I feel his breath come in that room. And I am in awe. I have to sit there and tears swell up in my eyes. And I know that God's in the room. I don't know about you, but there's times when he walks in, I can tell because I, there's an emotion that comes over me. That tears want to swell up. My heart is overjoyed that he come in and he wants to be there. He wants to be with you today. He loves you today. But if you're overstimulated with the world, overstimulated with technology, overstimulated with this and that, his presence will be second place. Don't compromise that. Shut off the phones. Shut off the technology. Shut off it. Get alone with God. Let him go with you every single day. Amen. You don't know what you're going to face from day to day. And if you don't have the Lord, you're going to act out of emotions. You're going to get a fleshly moment every once in a while. If you don't watch it, 
Have you ever had that before? You say the wrong thing and it's hard to take it back. Hard to bring it into line. See, I've seen all the moves over the years. I've seen what they used to call the healing movements. I've seen the holiness movement. I've seen the hyper faith movements. I've seen a lot of things come and go. But God never changes. He is always the same. They all brought some good things. I remember when the Jesus movement came in in the 1970s and people were getting saved. The hippies, they called them. They were getting saved. They were coming in with long hair. They were coming in in these bell bottoms. But they brought in a worship that was different. It just wasn't on the hymnals. It just wasn't something that we were used to. They started bringing in something from their heart. Because God had changed them. Next thing you know, these, some of these guys that had these long hairs come in, and I didn't recognize some of them. They, they cut their hair down short. I says, nobody spoke about that. What happened? Oh, I just felt convicted of it, and I wanted to get rid of it. Man. Things changed because the presence of the Lord came in. Uh, we need God to work again. Let him bring conviction. Yes. Let him bring everything in line. And then you'll walk a straight and narrow like you had never done before. <laughs> See, I don't want to go through, and I refuse just to go through the motions when we have worship. I want to worship from my heart. I want to worship from what God's given me. I want to come into his presence with thanksgiving and with praise. I want to come into his carts. God, you've been good to me. God, you've blessed me. God, you've given so much to me. We need a church that comes in like that. When you walk in this house, you come with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thank you, God, you kept me this week. Thank you, God, you blessed me this week. And then you come in, you can praise. You want to talk about Jailhouse Rock? It just didn't happen with Paul and Silas. It can happen in this house. It can happen at your house. You want people to see a change? Let the joy of the Lord. This is called joyful living. See, I just don't want to come in. See, I've been in those services when these big guys, I'm not talking about they're big, strong. They're sitting there. They've got a hard shell. And all of a sudden, this presence of the Lord comes in. <laughs> and all of a sudden, some of them may wear, be wearing glasses. Some of them may not. They're reaching in and getting their hankies because the tears are starting to swell up in their eyes because God's dealing with them. You can take the hardest-hearted person and let the presence of the Lord come in. He knows how to soften that heart. He knows how to bring the joy because that's what this world needs. They're trying to search for happiness and joy and pleasure, but it only starts with the Lord. The Lord will give you some pleasure the Lord will give you his joy and it'll be forever. That's joyful living. When you go to work, you can have a joy about you. They can look at you and says, what are you smiling about? I've told the story before, but some of you haven't heard it. I deal with a lot of sales reps and a lot of hospitals and doctors. And I had this one guy from our Miami office called up and talked to my boss. He goes, I want to ask you about Rick. And he goes, yeah, what's wrong with Rick? What, what, what's, what happened? He says, he's always up. He's always got a pleasantry about him when he's on the phone. What's he drinking? <laughs> he asked my boss, that's all he can relate to. <laughs> and so my boss says, he's a pastor. He goes, oh, he's been in a sacramental wine. <laughs> I said, uh, and when, he, when I talked with him, I just talked to him the other day and I hadn't talked with him in a year. 
He goes, you still nipping on that wine? I said, it's called heavenly wine. <laughs> it's called from the Holy Ghost. Amen. He knows how to bring it. See, when you have Jesus at the center, Jesus will bring things in line. Go to John 15, verse 11. Jesus said something here, and he prayed it. He desired this. See, I like what Paul said. Rejoice. I say again, rejoice. That's part of being joyful. And you see that hundreds of times in the word of God with a joy. Rejoice. Letting God overflow in you. John 15, verse 11, it says this. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. And connecting points that your joy may be full. My joy and your joy that you may have it full. See, joy isn't just happiness. Joy goes beyond that. But we see that Jesus said that it may be in you. The joy that I have. Jesus went to the cross for the joy of what was coming. He went through it with joy, knowing that when he entered into heavenlies, that others can come and be with the Father in him. He died on the cross that we could have the joy of his. Every drop of blood was shed for me. That should bring us joy. But he told the disciples, don't rejoice because the demons are under your feet. Or don't rejoice because healings are taking place. But rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. We need to look at the right things. How many is going to heaven? I'm on my way to heaven. He wrote my name down in the Lamb's book of life. Thank God he did. And when the roll is called up yonder, I'm out of here, church. And I'm going to be with him. Not have to worry about the devil himself. Don't have to worry about this or that. And there won't be even preaching. Won't have to worry about a ministry because we're going to be served. The Bible says that the marriage of the Lamb, that the king of kings and lord of lords is going to serve me i don't deserve that but he says i want you to have the joy that i have i want you to have the fullness see that word full means complete in other words you need to be a follower of his because if you read the rest of that ones before that and after that don't just take it out of context but read it he says if you abide in me and my words abide in you then you can ask then it will come to pass but the joy of the lord is when you're in him that's where it is and his teachings was he wants to bring inner joy inner joy that's something that just lasts for a moment see you cannot be happy without being joyful. But you can be joyful without being happy. Happiness is fickle. It's up and down, up and down. Because you anticipate something and you get the high. Because that's what happiness does. It brings a high. It's an emotion. Here, I'm happy right now. All of a sudden you can be crashing. Because when it's over, that's it. An alcoholic will get a high for a while, but when they come down, they start feeling sorry. I'll never touch that stuff again. But then they said, no, I need something to get me high again. When you got the Lord, he'll take you higher than anything else. He'll take you further than you've ever gone before. 
We see that, uh, that happiness factor that we see. People are, are trying to find pleasure in happiness. If I go to this event, if I have this, if I, things will not satisfy. They will get old. You will have to take care of them. You have to repair them every once in a while. Even a house, if you have it paid for, you still got to take care of it. After a while, you're thinking it's too much. You become a slave to it. But with the Lord, he brings joy. You can get up with a spring in your step. Woo! This is the day that the Lord has made. And I'm going to what? Rejoice and be exceedingly glad in it. How many was thankful when you got up this morning? I woke up and I said, God, it's a little cold, but thank God for the sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> you may be living in a cold world, but you can have the sunshine. The sun can shine on you. We need the light of God in our lives. God's love, I want to talk about just briefly as we bring things to a conclusion here. God's love is offered unconditionally. Thank God he didn't look at me and says, no, I don't want you. Oh, I want this one. He didn't have to look at you and says, you're on the wrong side of the track. Wrong side of the tracks. <laughs> you come over here. He's not looking at that. Unconditional God's love is. Nothing can compare to the things of the love of God. Nothing will compare. Your mama's love, your daddy's love, who, whatever you compare it to, cannot compare it to the love of God. For God so loved the world, he gave. He gave his only begotten son. And thank God for that. Is anybody warm in here? Is it just me? I think maybe it's the Holy Ghost and fire. <laughs> I will not go back. I want God's joy in my life. I want God to move in this church. I want God to change lives and restore back where it needs to be. His love is the center point of everything we have. That's where the fruit of the things, uh, the fruit of the, of the spirit is God's love that flows from us. And that's why it was God's peace and joy, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. God gives us all these things that brings forth fruits. And it starts at the root because you can't have fruit without the root system. And when you're grounded in the things of God, when you're following God, he brings a joy that others says, what's wrong with you? What's going on? You can have it like I've got it. See, you cannot do anything to get you away from the love of God because God's love is there for humanity. You cannot do anything to make God not love you. That's a big amen. amen. That's a glory hallelujah. Sometimes we beat ourselves up. God, I messed up. Get it under the blood. Get forgiveness of God. Yes, I messed up. I need you, Lord. And you know what he does? He comes alongside of you. Oh, thank you, Lord. See what happens when you experience his love? There comes a spring. There comes a well that overflows out of you. And out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers of water with joy that'll splash on somebody else. You can bring the joy when you get around other people. And when you do, it'll splash on them. It'll kind of get on them. And pretty soon everybody says, I've got the joy of the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> There's an old song that we sing, and sometimes every once in a while we, I pull it out because I enjoy it. It goes, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, 
The world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it, and the world can take it away. Sing it again, church. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me, this joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me, oh, the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. This love that I have, the world didn't give it to me, oh, this love that I have. The world didn't give it to me, this love that I have. The world didn't give it to me, oh, the world didn't, and the world can't take it away. Stand to your feet, if you would, please, all over the building.